Coming up on the As One Leadership Podcast. Grief is the stuff that breaks up marriages. So you've got to let each other grieve at the speed that person grieves at. Grief, you can't make grief right. Uh, You have to just, you have to sit in the uncomfortableness of it. And so if the other person is um, going through that time of crying or, or outwardly showing... You have to just let the, don't try and make it make it all perfect because it's not going to be. Welcome everyone to the As One Leadership Podcast. Today you're here for a bonus episode. We had Joe Hood here um, a couple of weeks ago, but she was so good. We had so much more to talk about, so we're doing a bonus episode. So welcome back, Joe. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. joining us again today. Um, I want to talk about leadership and I want to specifically focus in this episode on the topic of grief. Mm-hmm. And um, grief is something that everyone goes through at different times of their life and it's quite a journey when you do. And I think you're probably overqualified to talk about it. You've had some really difficult things happen in life and it's not easy to talk about, but I've heard you talk about some of those things before and it's really helpful as well. So um, yeah, thanks you so much for being willing to talk about it today. I really appreciate it. Leadership, you're clearly a great leader. And leadership can be fun and exciting and many big highs and mountaintops, but there's valleys that can be just as deep as the highs, um, trials and even tragedies. Um, recently, we were both at a kind of a missional conference. Yep. And as attendees, we're all encouraged to talk about our love of place. And we were encouraged to bring an artifact from our area and talk about what it means for us. And and it was quite a powerful time for most people that were there. But I, when your turn came, I, I guess I was moved and surprised at the same time. I was surprised to hear that you don't feel that you have a place here in Australia because you've been here for about 14 years. Um, And I was also moved with your passion and love when you talked about your homeland in New Zealand. Uh, But there was also an obvious sense of grief missing what you've come from um, as you talked about how much you miss it. So can you tell us, first of all, a little bit about your upbringing and the culture that you were part of in New Zealand? Sure. Well, my upbringing, um, I'm a Pākehā, so that means... White pig, <laughs> but it's actually a term we um, we hold dear now. Like mm. it, you, to be a Pakeha is okay. Uh, so I was brought up in a fairly middle class um, community, um, and uh, um, there was a, a picture on the wall of our home um, of this absolutely stunningly beautiful Māori lady. She had a um, chiselled moko, which is like a tattoo. Mm. All here. It's um, beautiful art. Um, and um, my grandmother um, had already died before I was born. And so there were there was a family, and I want to say a family joke, but not uh, irreverently, mm. a family joke. Um, we would ask, who is this lady? And we were t- always told, oh, that's your grandmother. Well, I tan well, but I have no, <laughs> I have no Maori blood, unfortunately, in me. And um, it was actually a photo taken by a, a great aunt who was the first female um, allowed into the membership of the Auckland Photographic Society, mm. which was an all male um, membership. Uh, so it was it was a very um, important photograph, really, because it was a marking of time mm. in the Auckland Photographic Society's history. Uh, but it was also this this beautiful her, her face is just beautiful, and um, so then uh, fourteen years fourteen and a half years ago we left um, 
New Zealand. Mm. Uh, and during this time, uh, New Zealand has really grown um, into its bicultural heritage. So we are a bi bicultural um, society. Mm. Uh, you'll see a lot of te reo and English um, throughout the country and signs and yep. uh, publications and things. And uh, I had started on a bicultural journey myself, started to really think what does it really mean for New Zealand and for me as a New Zealander to have a bicultural heritage. Mm. That I haven't, as a school kid, we, we did a few poi games, and uh, poi songs and stick games, but it wasn't really infused through our education system. When I came here, that was the thing I missed the most, the Māori and the Pacifica mm. um, part of particularly Auckland. Auckland is actually the Pacific Island capital of the world. There are more Pacific Islanders in Auckland than there are in the Pacific Islands. Uh, and so artwork is just everywhere. We, you know, it's on all our motorway edges and things like that is Māori and Pacific Island mm. uh, artwork. And so um, I, I guess I've grieved a certain amount of coming here and just not expecting that I would miss that side of New Zealand as much mm. uh, as I do now. And and I embrace it. And, um, yeah, I'm... I do miss being in New Zealand and uh, Australia is my home for the moment, um, mm. but home is very much back in New Zealand. Yeah, so at the start of the last podcast we explained that you're the director of Mainly Music. Yeah. Is that why you moved to Yes, Australia? it is. It is. Yes, yeah, it okay. is. Yeah, to establish it, to help the church in Australia really see that we were serious about resourcing Mainly Music mm. in Australia. Yeah. Okay. So you've talked a little bit about what you missed at New Zealand, and and that's what sort of stirred the grief you displayed at that conference. That yeah. you just really missed that connection yeah. with the culture yeah. and yeah. Um, the heritage that you had. Yeah. Um, how do you stay connected to some of that culture yeah. now that you're in Australia? And and what about family and friends? You yeah. still got lots of family and friends. Over yes. There. So um, my daughter and son are now living in Melbourne, yeah. um, uh, and. Uh, I go back regularly when it's not COVID uh, to New Zealand and um, connect with my friendship base there and people who have had impact in my life and I have impact in their life. My parents are still alive. Mm. Uh, my brother and sister and their families live um, in Auckland. So um, I, for a while, um, uh, not just more recently, but for a while I was really trying to learn some te reo, some uh, some of the Māori language, and I was teaching my grandson it, actually. Uh, That's special. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. So um, being in Australia, um, do you think you'll ever feel, you know, we are talking at that conference about loving the place, you know, yeah. having a sense of yeah. place. Do you ever think that will develop in Australia? Yeah, or I, think I, I, I was really um, impacted that particular day mm. at how uh, I hadn't, really put roots down. Mm. And I think that's because I had always thought that we would be here for a season and then go back to back to home. Yep. Um, but now that I've got grandchildren here and now that I'm on my own, mm. um, I'm not so sure when, whether that will happen or when that would happen. Mm. Mm. So the future aspirations, you're not really sure about, you no. could be here forever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you think that will kind of help you to put roots down a bit more or? Yeah, I, I, th if COVID hadn't happened, uh, I had actually decided that I would do some 
internal work about mm. all that. Yeah. Um, however, I've, I've just been running. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't had zooming. time to think of anything. Zooming, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely zooming. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we yeah. could have shares in that right now. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> yeah, very good. So obviously that's a, a grief journey, and I think that would be very helpful for people to hear that. You know, we've got people at our church, like our worship leaders, for example, who's um, parents and relatives and stuff are all overseas. and. Yeah. It's always hard at Christmas and those times to, to do that. So it's helpful, I think, for people listening to hear some of that journey and how you stay connected with your culture. So obviously that's a grief situation you've been through, um, but there's another source of grief that I can only imagine would be even more difficult than that, and that is that a little while ago you lost your husband, Steve. Um, and so first of all, how are you doing? All right. Yeah. How long ago was that? Uh, 18 months. 18 so it was months. September 2018. Okay. Mm. And was that from a long illness? Was it unexpected, expected? No, it was unexpected. So he, um, uh, a year before that, he found he had a uh, rare melanoma tumour in his right eye mm. uh, and uh, in the end had to have the whole eye out. Um, and then almost on a year of finding out, it was about 13 months of finding out that the uh, of the eye tumour, uh, the um, tu- the cancer had metastasized to his liver, okay. and it was and lungs actually, but the liver was aggressive, very mm-hmm. aggressive, and so ten weeks later, mm. he died. Wow. Um, yeah, that's incredible. So it, it must be, you know, it must feel like eighteen months ago. Must feel very fresh, but it might probably feel a long time ago too in some ways. Yeah, sometimes it does and other times it just feels like yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And so can you take us back to when Steve first passed away? Yeah. Um, just the the impact it had on you at the time. Yeah, because um, he just before he found out he had this rare melanoma tumour in his eye, he was actually made redundant from where he was working. Okay. And uh, so... Over over sort of the next three months, he decided because I do a lot of travel, mm. that he would start. He would find a part time job, um, and travel with me. Mm. Uh, we uh, were hopeless at holidays. We used to do it when the children were little. Yeah. Um, but as a couple, uh, we have had very little holiday aspirations. So we went to Israel and Lebanon. Um, and met my son and daughter-in-law there and we tripped around for two weeks and we went around the UK together, but I was doing mainly music work and he'd come for the ride and had a look at castles and old buildings and things like that. Um, And so, yeah, we'd decided that was sort of how we were thinking the next season would be. So it was was a huge... um, huge hiccup to realise that Number one, I was going to be on my own, and number two, that um, he was not going to be by my side when I travelled. Mm. Um, mm. Mm, so I imagine it's the the grief of losing the person that you love and yep. you share your life yep. with, yeah, and plan to share the rest of your life with, yeah. Um, but it's also the grief of losing the future memories yes. that you plan to have yes. as well, and the travel, yep. and because yep. often people work very hard for a lot of years, yep. knowing that they kind of bank up. You know, when we retire or get closer to that, we can sort of settle down and travel. So the grief of that being being wrenched away unexpectedly, yeah. I can only imagine how hard yeah. that would be for yeah. you. So um, I so appreciate you, you know, sharing about this because, you know, it is uh, so recent and yeah. and so difficult. But I think 
you know, there'll be a lot of people watching this by the title grief yeah. because they're they're going through it or they've been through it or they anticipate going through some sort of grief yeah. now or in the future. So they say grief is like waves mm. and, and yeah, I've experienced really that is. with yeah, with other things nowhere near at the extent you're going through. But my wife had open heart surgery and um, on the same day my son was diagnosed with diabetes and so I find that the grief of um, of both of those things kind of hit you at different times. and um, But yours is obviously at a much higher level, losing someone you love. So that's been your experience and it's kind of like Yeah, ways. it is. Yeah. It is, yeah. So it hits you hard sometimes and yes, then it sort of yes. sides a little bit. Uh, yeah. And, then- and you, you can – sometimes you can talk about – I can talk about Steve and there's no um, tears mm-hmm. and I think, oh, I hope people don't think I've forgotten them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other times the tears just – come and it might be that you're in the car and just you have this um, memory about him. It might be um, because uh, Stephen and I own the Mani Music building that Mani Music operates out of here. Mm-hmm. So he would, we would say, oh, oh, we need a wall, we need a door over there, and you know, a couple of weekends later there'd be a door, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so there's a lot of Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, in the office, there's a lot of Steve in my home. There's a lot of Steve uh, at my daughter's house too, where he's done building projects and yeah. things uh, for us. Surrounded by so, memories. Yeah, and you are, and so that just something will trigger, and that grief wave comes over you. Mm. Yeah. It can, like you said, it can happen at the most unexpected times, yep. can't it? And, yeah, it can. Um, yeah, that would be be really hard to to journey through and to to cope with and. Um, you said to me recently something that really st- stuck with me as you were talking about that. And you said that you said to your family that something along these lines, I, I don't want to misquote you, but it was something like that you need to grieve well yeah. rather than bottle it in because if you bottle it in now, you'll fall apart down the track. Yeah. Yes. Um, can you unpack that a yeah, little bit for sure. us? Yeah, sure. So that, I, um, I don't know whether I asked, answered your first question really well, actually, but uh, that, was, that was very um, key uh, in those weeks following his death was we've got to do this well. We've got to talk about this. We, we've got to allow each other the speed at which we grieve to be the speed at which we grieve. Mm. So um, if you don't feel like crying, don't feel, don't cry. You know, if you don't, if you want to talk about dad, talk about him. Um, and uh, after, after the funeral, I, um, created a photo book for each of us with photos of um, Stephen and uh, one for Stephen's brother as well. And um, that book for each of us, for me, I didn't actually open it until um, oh well well into the first year. I think it might have, yeah, I, don't, I can't remember what it was. A- no, I think it was after the first anniversary. I just... Mm-hmm couldn't even take the wrapping off it, mm. whereas my daughter had picked it up and uh, she and Mason had been looking through it often because mm. it was a great way for Mason to see Granddad um, and Stephen had had been around him a lot in mm. that. How old was Mason? Uh, he was two. He two, uh, yeah. two years, one month, so, yeah. yeah. He just turned two. And it's important, isn't it, that age to keep the memory alive? Absolutely. And so that age you can kind of forget and yeah. you don't want that. Yeah. 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 And, and so, yeah, I just I said to the kids, grief is the stuff that breaks up marriages. Mm. So you've got to let each other grieve at the speed 
that person grieves at. And uh, I, I have tried not to burden my kids with my grief because um, I want them to go through it as a couple, but they have been so generous to me in um, hugging me. Just I'm not a particularly huggy person, but one day Daniel gave me a hug. I was just like, oh, man, I didn't even realise I needed that, but I did. Yeah. Um, or they've allowed these tears, so we've just allowed each other. We don't try and make it right. Grief, you can't make grief right. Mm. Uh, you have to just, you have to sit in the uncomfortableness of it. And so if the other person is um, going through that time of crying or or outwardly showing, mm. you have to just let, don't try and make it, make it all perfect because it's not going to be. Just mm. sit there in silence. Give them a tissue, <laughs> make them a coffee, yeah. you know, whatever, a practical thing like that. But you don't, you can't make it right. Mm. We've got to be able to go through it. Mm. And sometimes the practical thing's just sitting and listening. Yeah, exactly. Letting, letting them exactly. cry. Well, right. for me, it's always making coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put the kettle on that. There are, yeah. there are actually six love languages, you know, and yeah. the sixth one is coffee. Yeah, coffee cures a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and and uh, we have also made sure that, and even around uh, the Mainly Music office in Australia and in New Zealand, Steve's name is still used. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk about him. Like, yeah. he's... Not like he's still there, but he's not a taboo. Mm. Um, because often people don't want to talk about it. You yeah. just don't talk about it yeah. anymore, do you? And, yeah. and that's a shame because I think yeah. you miss a chance to honour the person yeah. and to yeah. and to work through the grief and um, and you know also celebrate the life. Of yes, absolutely. The person that you love so much. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know if it was you that said to me recently, but someone said to me recently that that tears you never forget. Okay. You know, te- no, that wasn't me. Okay, yes. but, tears yeah. are powerful, and you never uh, forget tears. Yeah. And I was thinking about that, and I, I can think of key moments in my life where I saw people show emotion and shed tears, and and it had an impact so much more than you know when you see someone laugh about something, or yeah. you know, there's something about tears that I guess exposes the rawness of our humanity, and yeah. and shows I guess the depth of love that you have for someone as well. So. You know, I, I love the change in society, particularly with men in, in recent yeah. years where, you know, real men don't cry and you bottle it up. And I think coming out of the world wars was very much like that. You know, you never talk about it. You just be strong. And I think there's a real strength in vulnerability yeah. and tears yeah. and um, you become relatable. You become human again, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And I think that the other thing I said to the kids was if we bottle it up and don't allow those waves, don't recognize those moments of grief. Mm. I don't want to be picking you guys up in mm. five years and mm. or and I don't want you picking me up. Yep. And we just being, you know, devastated by this grief that because it eats away at you. Mm. So you've got to you've got to work through it. That's a hard thing, isn't it? Because it, it sounds cold, but life does go on. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And usually the the loved one that has gone what they would want for you is to keep living your life and keep yeah. um, having joy with your family and all that. And if you fall apart in, in some ways, that's not at all what they would have wanted. So, um, But easier said than done, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. So um, thinking about waves, yeah. you know, grief being like waves, what what is a, a good day for Joe would look like and a bad day for Joe yeah, would look like? Yeah. So a good day is 
still remembering him, still thinking about the, he was a bit of a trickster. Some of the things he said right up to the you know last minute before before he died made made you just laugh and laugh. And so there are still sayings at all. We all say, you know, what would dad say about that? Or uh, sometimes I'll even go, now where would Stephen have kept that? You know? <laughs> so, so it's um, being able to just get through the day uh, recognising that he's not with me mm. but, but not being blindsided by those waves. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other days where you just get up, particularly at the beginning of the of you know when it, when he'd first uh, died, and and you'd had a great day the day before, or you know greatish, <laughs> um, and then and you'd get up, but you'd just there was something missing, mm-hmm. and it wasn't because of the day before, it wasn't because anything had spurred it mm-hmm. or sparked it. It just seemed to happen, mm. and and you went through with a rain cloud mm. um, overhead. Yeah, yep. that's why the waves analogy is good, isn't it? Because it is. The wave comes in, yeah. and then it subsides, yeah. and then it, yeah, yeah. And sometimes comes it comes in, in real, you know, like those like surf waves. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. So I guess you know the dumpers come, and you kind of feel like you're out of control, and yeah. you. Uh, I imagine it's probably a little bit like that at times. Where yes. You're, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's where. The faith factor is so. One of the things that St- Steve, um, you know, after the initial shock of being told actually there is no cure, mm. um, there is um, um, an immunity thing instead of chemo that they they put in to bo- boost your immune system. Mm. Uh, we can do that, but it will only shrink um, the tumor. And then we found out that that meant shrink from this. To probably this, you know, not shrink. Yeah. Um, uh, he he stared death in the face and said, "Well, I know where I'm going. I'm I'm going to be with Jesus, yeah. and so I, yeah, I will take prayer, but I am not going to um, become tunnel visioned that you know God's going to heal me at the last minute. Mm. He might, mm. but actually, he might heal me by taking me home." Mm. The ultimate and, healing, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> yep. it is. And so he was, he was very real about the, um, the the scaredness, but he was also very real about this is just what it is. I'm not going to ask what if and why me, mm. and and so I have definitely not embraced anything like that. Mm. I, I will not ask what if or. Why me? Mm. Um, yeah, and I've—I uh, mean, I've got this little book here that a friend gave me. It was actually a Mandy music leader, none like him. Mm. And she said because she knew I was a, a huge reader, uh, and she said, "Joe, have you read this book?" And I said, "No, I haven't." She said, "Read it slowly." Mm. Oh, great book, because I've learned about God's sovereignty, mm. and it's such a hard thing to wrestle with. You know, he gives us free will, but he is sovereign. Mm. And so he knew that this was going to happen for Stephen. So he knew that I was going to be here mm. on my own. So what has he got for me? Mm. Yeah, um, and how can he get you through it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to just be dragged through. I don't want to just, I want to live a victorious life. Mm. 
because one day I'm going to see my husband again, but he's just not here right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful hope we have, isn't it, mm-hmm. in, in such tragedy and heartbreak to know that, you know, I often think about healing and every earthly healing is wonderful, but it's temporary. Yes, we're still going to die. You're healed to die, yep. yeah, um, where there will be ultimate healing and ultimate hope is found there. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a, a great joy to know that um, as hard as it is for us to think about, Stephen's better off where he is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Um, it's like what Paul said, wasn't it? You know, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And so yeah. while we're here, okay. we wring every part of us out for Jesus. Yeah. Um, but the gain of eternity, yeah. uh, this won't be, this will pale in its significance yeah. compared to that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that doesn't make it any easier for the people left behind. No. You know, you, the no. daily struggle of, yeah. of missing yeah. someone. So, yeah, yeah so... Thinking about that and the future, and you said, you know, you want to live and, and all that sort of stuff. How has this tragedy affected your hopes and plans for the future? And what hopes and plans do you have now that may be different than what they were before? Yeah, I don't know that they're any different because uh, I am, um, I feel very called to my role in mainly music, mm. and it still gets me up. Well, life gets me up in the morning. Um, you know, I just get up because I've got an exciting day ahead. Uh, I, yeah, I want to, um, ensure that mainly music keeps moving with culture. So there, you know, Mm. it can't just be the same thing. We're now 30 years down the track. It just can't look the same every, every year because culture changes and the church changes and, um, your thinking changes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The message is always the same, but the method always has to change. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that is exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what are what are the other what are the other possibilities for many music? Um, as I said earlier, we were expecting to go back to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I don't know whether I'll ever retire, but that was on the cards that we would go and live back home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the thing I need to wrestle with what what is that going to look like Mm. um and yeah because i'm i'm really um i guess because i'm driven i just can't see myself lying on a beach (laughs) reading a book (laughs) i might as well just do that at home it costs a whole lot less yeah you said before you've never been good at holidays so just more of that right yeah 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 i i enjoy what i do i you know so I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Mm. That's great. And that's probably what Steve would have wanted for you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love. Yeah. 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 And he was a big part of mainly music. He sacrificed stuff for mainly music. He wanted to see the local church um, use mainly music for its purpose and mainly play. And so um, to keep going is to be part of his dream as well, Mm. really. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like overall you have good days and bad days, but you're, oh. you're going pretty well overall yeah. considering yeah, yeah, you're only 18 months out yeah. from a yeah. huge tragedy. What about the rest of your family? How are they all going? Uh, they're doing well too, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rebecca and I, uh, so that's my daughter, we seem to um, travel. The waves seem to hit us at the same time. And, yeah, it's quite quite um, funny how that happens. So, um, And uh, she was pregnant with uh, my granddaughter um, when Stephen was unwell. Mm. And so uh, Riley is Riley Stevie 
Jazawa. Beautiful. Yes, yeah. And um, so, yeah, they're, they're good. But like me, we're, they're, they're pressing in on making the grief um, something that they walk through. I've, um, in Psalm 23, it says, uh, I walk through the valley of the mm. shadow of death. And I remember somebody saying, you know, you don't pitch a tent. You don't stay mm. for longer than you need to. You need mm. to keep walking. You don't crawl through either, do you? No, you no, through. yeah. And even if it's only a millimetre at a time on mm. some days, you yeah. just, yeah. And and none of the family have, um, well, I don't think so, that uh, they've asked, what, you know, why, why us? Mm. Um, so they, yeah. That that hasn't really entered our narrative mm-hmm. around us. Yeah, well, uh, I guess being people of faith really helps that as well. That yeah, you know, we kind of understand, don't we, the impact of sin in a fallen world and yeah. and what that means for our frailty and you know, being a Christian and a person of faith doesn't make us immune to sickness and tragedy no, and, and all that. But what it does do is give us a hope that we've got someone journeying with us in the midst of it. Yep. And we have an eternal hope that outweighs it all. Yep. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's a wonderful thing to have. I often wonder about people who go through similar things without faith. It must be so much more difficult not to have that hope. Well, I think they make sense of it out mm. of the worldview they have. Mm. Um, and I have not understood that peace that passes all understanding until now. Mm. You know, it's it's a peace that you cannot put into words. Mm. And I think it comes infused with hope. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've felt that as a really tangible part of the grief process. Mm. I remember when we spoke to Bill Brown, he talked about losing his wife in 2009 and he said he, he felt like he had grief all packaged and then he realised he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much more to unfortunately learn about it and, and grow through it. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure... You've learnt a heck of a lot in the last, you know, ever since Steve had his accident, first of all, then the illness yeah. and then obviously yeah. passing away. But there's probably still a lot on the other side to keep learning yeah. Yeah. Um, in the journey. So. Yeah. When uh, Daniel got married, he got married and um, he and Carly got married in Hawaii mm. and we'd gone into Borders, um, no, Barnes & Noble over in Hawaii. And I'd picked up three books and um, we were there for eight days and the first two days I read two books. Mm. And then the third day I picked up the next book I'd picked up, which was In Pursuit of Slow. I thought, (laughs) well, I better not read this in a day. (laughs) It's been the rest of the week. (laughs) And uh, I realised that in the time frame from Stephen's eye, uh, having issue with his eye, that I had already embedded some slow practices Mm. uh, in my life. And... Yeah, when I was driving around um, England in uh, January, February 2019, it just hit me that God had actually prepared me uh, with that um, because um, I was I was able to be slow inside. It wasn't always, you know, there was still lots of output, but it enabled me just to travel that year and a bit um, and... And be okay just to sit and wait uh, for things to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the year that when he got unwell, the um, 
can't remember. I think it was in 2018. Yeah, it was the year that he died. At the beginning of that year, God said to me, um, stay in the moment. Mm. And so uh, I tend to be a person that will run a meeting and then go, okay, right, everybody out the door, you know, get going. But I now go, right, is there anything else? Is there anything else we need to discuss? But I realized I stayed in the moment with Steve and it just it enabled us to have a lot more time together. Mm. And hence memories, I imagine, yeah. too, yeah. that we often miss when we're rushing around. Yes. So I really like what you're saying about staying in the slow. I think something I've been pressing into a lot as well because you know, I look at Jesus' ministry and I really believe that he ministered from rest rather than what we do, and that's rest from exhaustion. So when you say you've built in some of those practices in the last couple of years of slow, what are some of those other than you know lingering in a meeting or being in the moment? Are there other things that you've done to... Yeah, so um, realising that if you miss a green light, it's not actually going to put a whole lot of extra time Mm -hmm. on your journey. And it's about what happens in here Mm -hmm. or in in your head, head and heart. Uh, It's it's about not stressing about things, um, about – now – the slow movement is not a, a faith-based thing, mm-hmm. but it, it it makes a lot of sense mm. about just taking taking life uh, a little bit slower mm. and enjoying the moment yeah. instead of rushing to the next place. And and it's often that it creates that angst inside of you, and you think, well, at the end of the day, what's going to happen? The whole world's not going to stop just because I'm te- five minutes late for a meeting. Mm. You don't do it on purpose. Yeah. Um, I love someone once said that Jesus meandered with purpose. Okay, yeah. I love that. So yeah. he, he wasn't purposeless. He obviously had the greatest mission in history. Yeah. But he meandered and he was interruptible and he never seemed rushed and yeah. uh, and all that. You know, someone died, oh, I'll get there in a couple of days and resurrect him. But for now, yeah, you know, some yeah. other things to do, you know, like, um, yeah, so he, he was relaxed and uh, I think that's something that we can all learn from in a crazy busy world. But... Um, you know, sometimes tragedy makes you reassess, doesn't it? I think COVID at the moment is not, mm. not a tragedy as such is for some people, but it's, it certainly is a difficult time. And I think a big part of it will be the reassessing and, and hopefully getting healthier rhythms on the other side yeah. where we can have those slow moments, those those powerful moments, Kairos moments with God and mm. times with family that maybe we haven't had because we've just been so busy. So. So you've covered some of this already, but just to finish up, um, if there's anything else you could, you wanted to add, um, what are you learning about yourself, your family, and God through grief? Mm. Um, what I'm learning about God is His omnipotence. Mm. You know, that's come through this book, and then she wrote another one uh, in His image. Um, uh, and now I'm reading, or well, I'm listening to a book um, by uh, Grace Observed or Grace. Something about grace, mm. um, and the the guy is he lost uh, his uh, mother, wife, and youngest daughter in a motor vehicle accident, uh, and his three children and, and him survived. And uh, it, the the reminder that uh, God is with us even in these really dark times, even in these really difficult times, mm. that um, there is that tension of free will and omnipotence. Um, and 
and uh, this guy I'm listening the book I'm listening to Jerry somebody um, you know he says I don't know that I'll ever be able to make sense of those two things and I thought yeah that that makes a lot of sense because it's it's that um, it's that God perspective that our human brains just would explode with mm. uh, understand getting a full ha- getting a human handle on um, uh, I'm learning about myself that um, that I'm okay that I'm going to be okay that God's got this mm. Mm. Um, I'm learning that I can still lead and I need to find um, I need to find safety in some people because I don't want to overshare because I've got nobody to talk to. I've got now got two kittens, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I think sometimes, especially because I'm a verbal processor, uh, it's very easy to, um, to express everything to everybody just because you're verbally processing it. So I'm choosing the people I'm, uh, discussing stuff with mm. um i don't i don't need to blurt all that out all the time just to process it. <laughs> or a podcast or anything like uh, yeah that. <laughs> no definitely not a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. and and i'm learning that my kids are amazing that they um my in-law kids you know are, are really precious to me my daughter-in-law my son-in-law mm. um that they have have enveloped me uh and they have you know they have made themselves available to me and my son and daughter are just outstanding um and uh we've we've had some my daughter and I have just had a more um open conversation just recently about about life and family and things like that and ah uh, I am just beyond grateful to her to having that conversation with me and um it's it's our relationship is so much richer Mm. uh, through that so i'm i'm grateful to my kids that they are vulnerable to me and allowing me to be vulnerable to them Mm. and i'm you know you didn't ask about staff but my staff are just the staff team are just amazing too uh, in a whole different way, because um, because Steve was very visible in and amongst mainly music, mm. um, they you know they have embraced talking about him. He's still got his his um, workbench out in the in the, in the warehouse. Uh, it took me a year to throw away the old t shirt that he'd left there, <laughs> you know, and they just left it. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, it, they, if it bothered them, they didn't let it show. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, yeah, and and the fact that they are prepared to use his name, oh, Steve would have laughed at that, or oh, we need Steve back because you know <laughs> <laughs> that we need a door there, or that door needs fixing, or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very very grateful. Yeah, that's um, wonderful. I think you said before that you know you realise you can keep leading, but I I think you can probably lead from an either greater depth you know there's a reservoir there now that you can draw from of empathy and understanding because you know in a ministry like mainly music you're going to find families with all sorts of triumphs and tragedies yes you do so you you know you can have a greater empathy for some of those people too so 
Um, you know, I think one of the heartbreaks is when there's a tragedy, sometimes it pulls families apart. But one of the greatest joys is, is when you see a tragedy in a family, when it brings people together. Yes. And it sounds yes. like for you and your family. Absolutely. Not even deeper in that, yeah, which is we a have. wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah, we have. And we haven't been a family um, that has very many traditions. Uh, that's just not who I am. I like the new all the time. Mm. Um, and we now have a tradition of... Um, what we're going to do on Steve's birthday and what we're going to do on the like he said he wanted fish and chips and a beach. <laughs> he didn't even like beaches. I don't I don't get where he came that got there from. But uh, fish and chips, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I> know. <laughs> and so we're having we we had that last uh, September. Beautiful. We're going to do that every year. Yeah. Now oh, that's uh, special and it's just as special to have all the family there together doing it, isn't it? So yeah. Yes, that's one. I'm sure it's a time of um, reflection and laughing and joy and memories and and tears and sadness and stuff as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say the other thing I've learned about myself because uh, I work pretty much every hour God gives me, other than I try not to do that on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> grief takes it out of you, mm. and all of a sudden you're like you're like just feel whacked. And I just learned to shut the laptop up mm. and go to bed. Mm. Uh, whereas pre you know, pre this situation, I would have just pushed through. I feel a bit tired. No, nah, I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to listen to your body. I haven't been good at doing that. Mm-hmm. You have to do that. Or the other side of when you're getting up in the morning, you're just so tired and it's this blur and. Mm. Um, and and that's part of your leadership too, of just saying actually, no, I can't do that. Mm. Um, and maybe helping other people to to do that too. Yeah, that sort of rhythm for yep. them as well. Yes, yes. Because we yeah. have a responsibility as leaders, don't we? The people we're leading yep. to help them form healthy rhythms yeah. as well. Yeah, we yep. model that. Yep. Yeah, and and uh, you know, you say you learn the empathy. It it just takes on a whole different level. Like even if you're an empathetic person, if you've mm. got that EQ. Q, quite high it just goes to another level yeah because we're you don't there's aren't, aren't enough words uh for death mm. and for tragedy um and so you have to allow people space just to work through and and yeah push them when they need to be pushed like mm. you can't camp in the shadow of the valley <laughs> uh but uh uh, yeah, just just be really um, servant-hearted and, mm. you know, what can I do for you in order to help that next stage mm. um, and, and help people find those rhythms, like you say. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm. Well, Joe, I can't say how much I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, you know, you said in the previous podcast that you're a strong woman and I think there's no doubt about that and... Uh, it's inspiring to to hear what you've done, not only with Mainly Music, but the way you've travelled through grief, the way you've been with your family and, and the way that you're willing to serve us by sharing that journey. And, and I just know, absolutely know, it's going to be so helpful for people listening. And um, grief is probably different for everyone, yeah, but there's a, probably a bunch of universal lessons that, that people can learn from other people that have gone through it. So thank you so much for being willing to share it with others and, and I'm sure they'll be blessed through it. So thank you really appreciate you having uh, being on the podcast again. So thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the As One Leadership Podcast, getting you in the room with experienced leaders so you can grow and thrive in leadership. 
This podcast is hosted by Luke Williams and brought to you by Follow Baptist Church. If you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Your feedback will help us grow further and bring new, insightful content to you. For those watching on YouTube, please like this video, leave a comment, and subscribe to the Follow Church channel. Ultimately, if you found this episode valuable, please share it with others who can also benefit from it. We can't wait to share more experiences and knowledge in our next episode, from Melbourne to the world.